Well, you know what that means. It's time to expose the money lies. Let's get started. What are the stories that limit you? In Galatians 4-7, Paul writes, So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. Now, when I read that verse in my quiet time, the question that came to my mind is, how have you been living as though you are still a slave? And so I asked myself, what am I being a slave to? Expectations, judgment, doubt, deceit, you know, the money lies that I tell myself, the stories that I'm believing, all of those lies that keep me from doing what I'm supposed to do or doing it at the level I'm supposed to do it or making the money I'm supposed to make at the level I'm supposed to make it. You know, maybe it's the stories I believed that where I told myself, you know, maybe they're just a result of my upbringing. Maybe they're just how I grew up. Maybe the result of my circumstances or my background or my status. Maybe it's what I absorbed. And maybe it was implicit or maybe it was explicit. doesn't matter. Maybe somebody told me these stories and I just believed them. Or maybe it was just how they acted and how they showed up and what I saw in the world and how I interpreted those things that made me believe the stories that I believed. So these stories made me feel less than at times. So how many of you have felt less than? What stories do you believe that make you feel less than? Now, I have felt less than, not just a handful of times, but probably more times than I can count. And when I was growing up, we didn't have a lot of money. We were a big family, so we qualified for the free lunch program at school. And I don't remember being bothered by that at the time, but I do remember feeling like I would never have some of the things that the some other kids had. And I remember it feeling pretty clear in my mind that I shouldn't expect things or I shouldn't even ask for things because we didn't have the money. Now, I didn't really realize I believed these things until I explored the question, what am I a slave to? And that's when this came up for me. And that's why questions, lots and lots of questions are so important. The questions we ask ourselves reveal what we believe. And that's why I ask a lot of questions. Had I not asked that question, that belief would not have revealed itself to me. And I wouldn't have been able to start questioning it and start noticing where else in my life I'm believing that. Where else in my business am I believing that? And how is it holding me back? And that's why it's also so important to keep reminding ourselves that we all have the answers that we need right within us. I didn't have to look anywhere else for the answer to that question. Even though I hadn't previously known that I believed that, just by asking the right question, I revealed the answer right there at my dining room table. I didn't have to Google it. I didn't have to read a book. I just had to ask the right question. And that's mostly what I do for my clients. I just ask them the right questions. And by doing that, I give them access to themselves. But back to 
not asking for things, not asking for help. I definitely see where even today I don't really ask for much. I don't ask for everything that I need or everything that I want. I don't really ask for a lot of things. Um, and so I guess I must believe at some level that if I want something, then I'll have to rely on myself to get it, which I'm sure is limiting me. But that for sure is still work that I need to do and that I need to explore. And I will definitely do that to make sure that it doesn't keep limiting me because it's one thing not to know that it's limiting you but it's a whole other thing to know that it's limiting you and then not do anything about it so work that a lot of my clients have to do and that I help them with is around the possibility that they can even want or expect any of that them of themselves or that they're even capable of creating what they want in their business or in their life now there's a certain level of this that I feel like hasn't um, been a huge problem for me. And I think that just comes from having already proved it to myself. Now, I left town the day after I graduated high school. Literally, I graduated on a Friday night. And the next morning, we left with the moving trucks. Um, I went with my boyfriend at the time, their, his family. They were moving to Virginia. And... Uh, so I went with them and so I was on my own. I mean, I was with them, but I was kind of on my own. Um, I wasn't par legally part of their family. I did get married to him, you know, right after that, soon after that. And although, you know, we did get divorced 10 years later, that's a story for another time. But because we were on our own, you know, we were newly married, we were living on our own. I had to figure it out and I didn't have too much problem with that. You know, there were some hiccups along the way. Uh, you know, I got a direct sales job and I did not belong in direct sales. <laughs> I did not belong cold calling people, <laughs> but eventually I figured it out. And so in my head, I had built evidence that it's not a problem that I'm on my own, that I will just always figure it out. And I will just always do whatever I have to do. And eventually it will work out. I'll always have enough because that has always been true for me. I've always done whatever it took to get whatever it was um, that was enough for me at the time. So now where I have struggled to believe that I am capable of creating more is beyond enough. I believe I'll always have whatever I need, but beyond that, I have struggled, you know, from time to time. And so I continue to build those beliefs and build that body of evidence that I can always do that. But I think for my clients, maybe they don't have the same kind of evidence that they'll always create enough, or maybe they don't recognize that kind of evidence for themselves. Maybe they have done that and they just don't recognize it. Maybe they're not looking for that evidence. Either way, they don't believe that they're capable of creating what they want to create. They feel like it's outside of them. So that's that's what I help. That's the work that I help them with among other money lies, right? So I want you to think about back to 
uh, what you're a slave to. I want you to think about what you are a slave to. What are you believing about yourself or about your circumstances or about the world? What are you limited by that feels out of your control? And where are all those all of the places that this shows up for you. So going back to Galatians 4, 7, I'm going to read from the message version this time. But when the time arrived that was set by God, the father, God sent his son born among us of a woman born under the conditions of the law so that he might redeem those of us who have been kidnapped by the law. And so I like that um, version where it says who have been kidnapped because a lot of us are uh, held captive by what we believe, by the money lies we, t- we believe, by the stories that our brain tells us. And so I like that version. Thus, we have been set free to experience our rightful heritage. You can tell for sure that you are now fully adopted as his own children because God sent the spirit of his son into our lives, crying out, Papa, Father, Doesn't that privilege of intimate conversation with God make it plain that you are not a slave, but a child? And if you are a child, you're also an heir with complete access to the inheritance. So think about the differences between being a slave versus being a child. Back in that time when Paul was writing this, if you were a slave, you weren't an heir. But if you were a child born of the household, you were an heir to everything that your father had. So how you think of yourself, either as a child of the household or as a slave of the household, how does that impact how you show up? Whether you identify more as a child or as a slave, think about how that might impact what you're doing, how you're feeling, what you're thinking. Think about how a child of a household might act. Maybe they wouldn't question or doubt what they deserved or or what they could expect. Maybe they wouldn't ask permission or receive whatever their father had in store for them as an heir. Maybe they just assumed it was theirs, right? I mean, wouldn't you? But now think about how a slave of the household might act. They might hope to have enough, right? They might feel at the mercy of their household. They might not feel in control of what comes to them or what they have. They might assume that they don't have any access to the inheritance. And so like me, they might not even dare ask for anything. They might not expect anything. And that would probably also be, you know, pretty normal. They might not even consider the possibility because maybe it had never happened for them before. Maybe they were never allowed to ask for anything. But what if in a particular household, whether slave or child, they were all considered heirs? I imagine that there might have been some households that treated their slaves similar to how they treated their, their children, right? What if they were all considered heirs just as we are in God's kingdom? So that's what I want you to think about. If they were assuming that they couldn't ask for anything, if they were assuming that they needed permission, if they were waiting for someone to give them permission, they would miss out on what was rightfully theirs. And I don't want you to miss out. I don't want you to wait for permission. 
I want you to get everything you were meant to have. I want you to have everything that is rightfully yours. And I want you to be bold and courageous. I want you to give yourself permission. I want you to see yourself as an heir, no matter what the world tells you, no matter what you've learned, no matter what your circumstances, whatever's happened in your past, doesn't matter. I don't have to give you permission. I have no authority to bestow privileges to the inheritance, and neither does anyone else on the planet. God has already given it to you as an heir. He's given it to me. You have already inherited it. I want you to take it, just like I plan to take it. Give it to yourself. Anything we create, we create in ourselves first. But it starts by believing you can. Because we're his children, we can believe we have access to everything our father has. When adopted, we get all the rights and privilege of the children born into that family. We get the same rights and privileges. How does that truth about being a treasured member of God's family with all the rights and privileges of his children, how does that speak to your soul? You are a child of God, an heir to all he has. Don't let the world limit you. Rise up and take what's yours. In Ephesians 1.5, it says, Christ would choose us as his own adopted children. In the Passion Translation, it reads this way, For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the Anointed One, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace. For the same love he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. So I think sometimes adopted children feel less than, kind of like I did, even though I wasn't adopted. I was on the school lunch program. I didn't have what other kids had. But the way I see it, adopted children are every bit as valuable as children born into the family. They're not born into the family, but even better, they're actually chosen on purpose and intentionally. And God has chosen us on purpose. God has a specific purpose for every one of us. As children adopted by God, we're all beautiful. We're all enough. And we don't have to be slaves to our circumstances or to our environment or to our beliefs or to our limits or to our money lies. I'm not suggesting that you won't have limits, that you haven't had limits. What I'm offering is that your limits don't have to become limitations. We're all equipped and empowered to do more, be more, have more, and not from a place of needing to or having to, but just simply as a function of having that option available. Just because you want to and just because you can. So stop being a slave to your money lies, to the stories that limit you. Grant yourself permission to get everything you're meant for and more. This is exactly what we're working on in my Foundation to Master Your Money Mindset group right now. In my last group, the women were de uh, had detected a whole lot of lies. Lies that were not serving them. Lies like, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I have to have the perfect plan in order to move forward. And I don't know the perfect plan. I'm still learning. Being rich is for other people, not for me. 
I shouldn't want more. I don't have time. It's not working. I'm too far behind. I don't have any new ideas. My ideas are not my own. People can't afford my program. None of those were serving them. And they discovered the truth, the real truth that they could stand in and that they could use to equip and empower themselves to do what they were meant to do. And that's what I would offer to you is, as my group opens in the next few weeks, consider what lies you'll detect and what lies you'll find and what uh, truth you'll uncover so that you can go claim your more. Is that's exactly what I help my clients do. Throw off the chains, question the stories they've become enslaved by, the stories they've allowed to limit them, because they're already fully equipped for the mission and the purpose that they're designed for. They're already capable. They already have full permission to make the money they're meant for. And so are you. It doesn't matter who you are. I'll show you the stories that are limiting you and help you empower yourself to throw those stories in the trash heap and take on the posture of an heir entitled to all God has in store for you. I also still have a spot available in my one-on-one program. If you're not ready to hire a one-on-one coach, I still encourage you to get on a value call with me. Let me help you figure out what's holding you captive, what's keeping you from more. You'll not be sorry that you got on this call. But if you don't take this opportunity, you might regret waiting to find out what's limiting you. Just go do it. Go to jillwrightcoaching.com and book your free call.